Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The NOMCAST is available on nomcastpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts, on the socials at nomcastpod, and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to an episode of Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise. It was really low energy. I'm sorry. sorry. I was trying to go for like some kind of like epic, weird, dramatic opening and it just sounded like low energy. Yeah. I don't know whether I should put like Masterpiece Theater behind it or like the beginning to uh, Star Trek, like Next Generation behind it. Beer. The final frontier frontier <laughs> of libations. These are the voyages of Mike and Elise <laughs> as they drink their way through the cosmos of breweries. Stardate. Pubs. 420-69. Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> welcome to another new episode. Uh... What are we drinking? Because I absolutely forgot. I know I had two choices last yep. week and I chose one choice and this is the other choice. Yep. And I don't remember what the other choice was. So Good. I'm completely in the dark because I cannot remember. I like those episodes. Okay. So <laughs> this week we're cracking open First Encounter, a New England style IPA from Loophole Brewing, which is located in Ludlow, Massachusetts. According to an article from The Reminder, after initially planning to build a facility in Holyoke, Loophill Brewing Company announced it would become the newest tenant in the Ludlow Mills complex, bringing, quote, an innovative, multifaceted approach to the beer making industry in Western Massachusetts, end quote. So Loophole has a very unique approach to the beer industry. The company has its own line of beers, including First Encounter, Moving Through Cashmere IPA, a farmhouse saison brewed with honey called Drone. And mm. may the road rise up to meet you, E-W-E, which is an Irish dry stout brewed in collaboration with Irish beer maker Barons Court Brewing Company. The company is also on a contract basis with Castle Island Brewing Company in Norwood, Massachusetts. Additionally, Loophole will have, and keep in mind this article was from 2020, a, quote, big piece of the contract brewing business in the area. And what separates them from other contract facilities is that they allow companies to brew small batches. Quote, usually, says John Jirachi, head brewer for Loophole, quote, you're usually looking at 30, 40, 50 barrels of beer just to get your foot in the door, which is obviously a lot for some people. Mm -hmm. He said, we're going to offer anything down to one to five barrels of beer. There's a lot of interest in that already. And there's a lot of letters of intent and people calling. And finally, what's cool is that they have an aspiring brewers program for home brewers looking to break into the commercial market. Jirachi explained that the capital costs involved with getting a brewery started are prohibitive to a number of talented brewers whose products could be successful. 
The Aspiring Brewers program is designed to afford brewers the opportunity to brew and package their beer with loopholes equipment, and they can even have it on tap in their tap room. Ooh. Quote, this is for the up and coming home brewers who would love to get in the game, Jirachi said. With a low monetary investment on their part, it'll be a good way for them to gauge the market for their beers. He explained that the program was not a brew for hire situation where someone could just like brew a couple kegs for a party. The program is instead for those who are really serious about the industry. Applicants will have to go through an interview process. And as part of the service, Loophole will review the recipes to ensure their viability. Hmm. So, again, that was from a 2020 article, but the following is from their website. Loophole says, quote, Western New England enjoys a wealth of craft beer, brewers and breweries. The startup stories of our region's craft breweries are inspirational and the beers are great. But Loophole saw a common thread in so many of these stories around the cost of starting a brewery and the struggle to keep up with the demand in the face of expensive equipment and finite brewing space. So the challenge was clear. How could they support the craft brewing community, expand production, and reduce the need for risky and, and expensive capital outlays? And that's where Loophole comes in. Their packaging facilities provide the necessary flexibility brewers need to distribute their product. And Loophole's in-house taproom provides a prime location for the beer brewed at Loophole to be available to the public. So in working with Loophole, aspiring brewers are able to better build their brand while avoiding the big capital costs usually associated with starting a brewery. Also, fun fact, there is a loophole brewing company in South Australia. (laughs) Unrelated. How did you find that out by accident? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The hops used in First Encounter include the golden combination, which is their words, not mine, Mm. of Citra, Simcoe, and Centennial hops, making this beer, quote, quaffable, starting with a burst of juicy flavor and ending with a perfect balancing bitterness. So... Citra hops have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and low cohumulone, which makes it good for bittering, but it's excellent as an aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. This is in large part due to their high myrcene content, which is one of the major hop oils, and it's heavily associated with citrus, but can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. Citra can also lend delicate and desired aromatics, including gooseberry, lychee, Mango, melon, grapefruit, orange rind, and passion fruit. Simcoe hops were were released in 2000 and have since become wildly popular with U.S. brewers. It makes a very nice foundational hop due to its high alpha acids and low cohumulone, but it has a nice aroma that is fruity, earthy, and herbal. Simcoe is really useful because of its aromatic qualities, and it has that nice balance between pleasantly fruity especially grapefruit, Mm -hmm. as well as earthy and piney. So it's a really solid dual purpose hop. And it's uh, extremely versatile, often being used in IPAs, double IPAs, India black ales, India red ales, barley wines, American amber ales, American porters and stouts, wild ales and lockers. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Its nickname is Cascade on Steroids, and it's very often used in conjunction with Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, and Citra just for that extra punch, which is obviously true today because we're using it with Citra and Centennial. Exactly. 
And finally, we've got Centennial Hops, which were developed in 1974 and released in 1990. They are a mix of Brewer's Gold, East Kent Golding, Fuggle, and Bavarian Hops. Fuggle. Fuggle. Did you say produced in 1974 and released in 1990? Developed in 74 and released in 1990. Wow. It took a while to actually mm-hmm. get it out there. Yep. Uh, both Centennial and Amarillo hops are considered very close to Cascade because of their citrusy character. But what makes Centennial special is its versatility with its depth of bitterness and aroma that balances out very nicely. And that is what keeps Centennial in high demand. And that is what I got. Ooh, <laughs> I got a question for you. I don't know if you figured that out. Yes, sir. When you fill out a contract with Loophole mm-hmm. and you make beer with Loophole's assistance, mm-hmm. does it become a Loophole beer? Or do you do it under your own branding and label? They did not mm-hmm. specify that in the articles that I read. I would imagine it's something similar to what Thimble does, Thimble Island, where they can brew it there, but they get to slap their own label on it. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. But Thimble kind of does that on the DL. That's true. Like they don't make a big deal out of that, but they yeah. do a lot of different brands, beers and stuff. I mean, I I would imagine that they probably have to include somewhere on their label a, no, a nod to loophole. Um, but since they are technically paying to use the facility, it would kind of suck if they couldn't use their own name. Well, they do like a 12% thing. Mm-hmm. Packaged and bottled or brewed at twelve yeah. percent, yeah. even though it's got other breweries in there. But they're not. That's like a gypsy, not a gypsy brewery. That's a collective, twelve percent kind collective, of collective. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. It's a very interesting concept. Concept. Yeah, yeah. That we haven't really run into before. I think we've run into it maybe once before. I can't remember exactly which brewery, but I think it was also in Massachusetts, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I don't know why, but I really have night shift in my mind. I don't know. I could very well be wrong. But I know we've talked about at least one brewery that does this. But this seems like a big part of this brewery's identity. Yeah, yeah. Which like, it kind of works with the name too. It's like a loophole. a loophole. Yeah. Loophole. You can't break into the beer industry. Well, I got a loophole for you. I yep. bring beer for you. You just got to pay me. Mm-hmm. And then we'll make some beer together. But only if it's good beer. It's kind of like uh, Step Brothers, their karaoke business at the end. Oh my God. Yeah. Like you can sing, but not if you suck. <laughs> 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 All right. So I guess I got some glasses and uh, we check this Lupo Brewing beer uh, out. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm excited. I've been staring at these cans for like three weeks now. Ready? Oh, I'm ready. Nice. Oh, you get that burst of like that grapefruity passion fruit. Oh, yeah. Right up the crack of the can. For some reason, it's a lot lighter than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's about what I thought it would be. Doing that IPA. A lot of hops. Golden, hazy straw color. Yeah. A lot of bubbles. But not a big head. Yeah, you're right. Grapefruit, passion fruit, like a stone fruit is just presence. Yep. Right off the bat. Heavy stone fruit presence. All right. Cheers. Ooh, you filled your glass too much. Yep, that's our (laughs) cheers has no clink. Oh, okay. This is a lot fruitier than I thought it was going to be. It doesn't have as much of a an earthy, piney, or resiny like back to it. Uh, it's very, very fruity. It's very, very sweet. But I would say it does have a tiny bit of pine, but not a lot. But 
but obviously it's not a West Coast IPA. It's a New England, so it's not yeah. going to be heavy pine. Yeah. But it, I, I think it does have a resin. On the very back, like back as I was saying it. it, I was like, oh, maybe it does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely get a resin, some resin notes in there. The carbonation is very nice. It's a little delicate, like it's there, but it's not overwhelming. I don't feel like I'm going to be like burping like Barney. It's an attack by a thousand tiny bubbles instead yes. of big bubbles for sure. Yeah. It's super fruity. You don't seem to be a fan of the fruitiness. It's a little too heavy on the fruitiness. It's a little too heavy on the stone fruit and the and the grapefruit and the the syrup. It, it tastes it tastes thick. It. I was gonna say it. It is a little bit heavier. That by the taste of it, it's something that I would want again more toward the like summery feeling days. Um, but it it feels like it's gonna sit a little bit heavier too. Yeah, I mean, it's not super heavy. It just feels thick because it feels like there's a lot of syrup in it. Oh. It just feels super sweet. And I I think that's obviously from the hops. There's no real fruit in it that we know of. But I also think there's a ton of sediment that I'm drinking. Oh. And I'm getting chunks while I'm drinking it. That means that I did not pour any of that out. And I'm going to get it all at the end. Sweet. It's got a nice taste to it. It does. I do do enjoy the taste. Sweet. yeah, I I feel like I could do with just a little bit more of a balance. Like I I want a little bit of, not necessarily dankness, but I feel like a, a little bit of pininess, a little bit of earthiness would really. Yeah, I think a little bit more pine. Yeah. Is exactly what this needs. Just a tiny bit more. Mm-hmm. Just to cancel out some of that overly sweetness. It, it, it's really like almost double IPA sweet. And it yeah. really has no need to be this sweet. It is almost, yeah, it is almost double IPA sweet and it is 7.2%. So it's right up there with a, what a double IPA could be as well. I feel like that would be almost a more appropriate label for it. A double IPA? Yeah. No, 7.2 is not even that high. Not for this amount of sweetness. Mm. I mean, it's got a great taste, but the sweetness is so much. It's so sweet. I don't know, but I, I know that. This is probably somebody's cup of tea, just not mine. Yeah. Because of oh, that yeah. sweetness, I can see someone else really reacting positively to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially someone is, who's like the- maybe not super into IPAs or not into super bitter IPAs. Because mm-hmm. it's not super bitter. Yeah. So, I mean, we can absolutely appreciate this. It's just maybe not something that we would buy again. I would be very interested. This this beer is one that I found at the liquor store up in Hartford again. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is in Massachusetts, I would pick something else up from them if they were to have it in stock. Their dry Irish stout sounded good. Yeah. I mean, this is a good beer for what it is. I've had other beers that are this sweet that I can't drink Mm -hmm. and I am far almost, I'm far more done with this than you are. Yes, you are. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm maybe enjoying this a little bit more than you, but I still feel like it could, could do with a little bit more balancing for my personal taste. Granted, it has been a while since we had a new England IPA. It has, it has. So this, this was two this years ago. Could just we were, be par for the course. Yeah, two we years were ago we were inundated with this stuff, and yes. every week we'd crack it open, and I was like, another one of the same. Yep. Honestly, kind of still have that kind of feeling. I don't yeah. think that feeling has gone away. Yeah. But I think that's unfair. I mean, so many styles are just everyone does them over and over again, and, and eventually ad nauseum. Yeah. Uh, this isn't bad. It's just too sweet for me. Mm-hmm. But I've drank a ton of it already, really quick. Yeah. It's just I can't. I can't enjoy. 
I'm enjoying the flavors, but it's so sweet. I can't enjoy more. And I think that's how I judge a beer by. Yeah. Do I like go, I got to crack another one open again. I will easily crack open another first encounter and have another one single beer. Yeah. But I can't be like. You can't have like one after another. I can't have one after another. And I wouldn't personally pick out a beer like this from the fridge. Yeah. If you cracked it open for me and like gave it to me and like I had to drink it, I would drink it and be happy about it. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't. Looking at the other selections of beers that we have in our fridge, this is not the type of beer that I generally go for. Yeah. Where it's too sweet and too stone fruity. I mean, I do like a good stone fruit beer sometimes. Like if it's got a lot of pineapple or it's got a lot of grapefruit or Mm -hmm. apricot, but it's got to keep that sweetness in check. Yeah. And that kind of goes for me in general. Well, the only exception would be sodas. Because I'm a sucker for soda, but Mm -hmm. most of the sodas I'm a sucker for are saltier over sweet. Yeah, that's true. So it's still kind of the same kind of thing. And I've never been a big sweets kind of guy. Nope. Unless it's ice cream. (laughs) In which case I could live off ice cream if I, if I literally could. Or cake. Or cake or pie. Those are my sweets. Yep. Um, But candy-ish stuff and super sweet stuff like that, I just never was into. And I think the reason I like beer is because it's... Mm. The antithesis of sweet. Yeah. So when you get a beer like this, it's got these fruity flavors. It's great. And I think the flavor is great. And I like to talk positive about this beer. This beer has an incredible aftertaste. It does. The flavor that lingers is great and actually better than almost any New England IPA I've ever had. Yeah. So what is it about the aftertaste that sets it apart from other New England IPAs? Because I feel the same way, but I can't really put into words like what makes it different. The resin on the back end, the sweetness is as sweet as I say it is. It's not sickeningly sweet. No. Otherwise, neither of us would be this far into the glass. Exactly. And actually, now that it's kind of warming up, I'm kind of get warming up to the sweetness of the beer. But I think that sweetness is. And na- again, why breweries should include when you serving drink- temperature, serving glass. Yeah. I think this beer shouldn't have been served as cold as we just drank it. Yeah. And now it's at the, it's colder than, it's not room temperature, but it's not as nearly as cold as when we started. Yeah. But. So we lost some of those flavors that are now coming out as it's coming down in temperature. I think that it's lost some of the sweetness as it's coming down in temperature. Yeah. Or perceived sweetness. But I think the sweetness is something that gives it, it's the good lingering flavor. It's not a overly artificially flavored syrup. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a fruit beer or a, a fruited IPA where they actually put this jugs of that kind of flavored syrup into it. Yeah. Which sometimes gives you a weird mouth taste. Mouthfeel, yeah. It doesn't have the bacteria of like a sour and, and it's that resin aftertaste gives it this. I was talk about that cereal-liness of that I like. Mm-hmm. That resin sweetness at the end. Which could be caused by lupulin or whatever in the beer. Because I've noticed the heavy lupulin beers yeah. have the same sweetness. Is that resiny sweetness kind of gives it this natural, it's not quite honey, but it's, yeah, it's like trees. Like that's the picture of my head is like sap going down a tree. Like it's this natural sweetness or like licking a frosted like Cheerio that's like <laughs> got that like clear coating on it. Like yeah. it's like this natural sugar. Okay. Which is nice. Plus those stone fruit notes. I think this hits the, a great amount of stone fruit notes. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a little bit of a, I guess, passion fruit. I wouldn't say apricot or peach. 
Yeah, I can't tell, but it's very concentrated in what it is. It's not all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then it's resin. And although that sweetness is a little too high for me, the fact that it's a resin sweetness gives it an amazing taste and an amazing flavor on the back of your tongue that doesn't change into something gross or too strong on the back of your tongue, but still leaves you with a flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. Could I eat anything with this beer? No. Yes. You're wrong. Like I said before, like the sweetness is there. And if it's thick, I don't think it's heavy. I could eat with this beer and I don't feel weighed down yeah. after almost finishing the beer. This is going to be a member of the Clean Mug Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for both of us. Like I. <laughs> yeah. The clean, kind of natural sweetness kind of lends itself toward barbecue to me. Like I feel like I could have burgers. Oh, okay. So could that's a connection steak? that I wouldn't really I make. Know. Yeah, because you don't do that. <laughs> Salmon with like a sweet sauce. Oh, like glaze. a teriyaki. Teriyaki glaze or like pineapple glaze. I'm thinking like big time, even though this doesn't have pineapple, but maybe that's why, mm-hmm. is like that tropical vibe now I'm getting and the pineapple kind of isn't in here. Yeah. So my mouth is like, but I could go for some pineapple now. So like a Hawaiian burger. Uh, mm-hmm. salmon with like the teriyaki glaze and maybe a couple like circles of salmon on it while you're cooking yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a mango habanero sauce on like a chicken wing kind of a thing. I could go for that. Something with like a tropical okay, barbecue-y so, sauce kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, okay. I, I could see that. I could understand that. And brisket. Like a sweet barbecue sauce brisket. Like that's kind of what I'm craving right now. <laughs> I know we're having salmon tonight for dinner after this, so I kind of yeah. want to get like a sweet glaze kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we got. We got it. I'm pretty sure we got it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's think That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too sweet, but the flavor is great. Mm-hmm. And I definitely would like to try out other things from Loophole. And honestly, if we saw First Encounter again, I'd be interested to get it on like its next iterations because so many beers kind of change ever so slightly year to year. It's if true. If this is one they keep doing, I'd like to try... To see what the next batch is like. I wouldn't hate that. Yeah. Unless they just again exactly in a few months. the same. But yeah. So some beers never change at all. And some beers kind of change ever so slightly year to year. Tweaking the formula. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'd, very, I'd be very interested to see how this tweaks that formula. Because in terms of an overly fruity New England IPA that doesn't actually use fruit. Mm-hmm. The taste is there. The tiny bubbles are there. The weight is there, but that syrupiness just, if it came down a tiny bit, it would be great. But also if it was more pine though, I don't know if the lingering flavor would be good. Like the aftertaste might be weird. It might change. That's true. That's a good point. And the aftertaste is honestly one of the best parts about this beer. Yeah. So let's be honest. Beer either has no aftertaste. A bad aftertaste. A bad aftertaste or a okay aftertaste. Yeah. And this, the aftertaste is weird because the aftertaste is very cereally to me because of that resin. And I really like that because <laughs> I like cereal-iness. Yes, my beer. you do. <laughs> the can is blue and orange, which means it pops, uh, which is probably why yes. it kind of spoke to you when you saw it in the liquor store. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a light orange too. So the it's a dark... Foggy forest of blues. I would actually call it like an apricot. An apricot orange. Yeah, I could see that. And then within that painted forest of dark blues to slightly lighter blues and a fog behind it, there's that apricot orange popping out that says First Encounter Nipa or N-E-I-P-A. And there's a bear, a logo of a bear cut out on the front. 
And then around the bottom of this tall boy wraparound label, you've got a white band that has the loophole brewing logo where the O's are a some kind of rope. Don't know what that kind of tie would be. I guess a loophole, maybe. I don't Can know. Can I be honest? Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the Auntie Anne's label. Because it looks like a pretzel, yeah, and it's blue and white. Yep. It absolutely does. Absolutely. Uh, the, so the loophole logo is pretty cool. I mean, obviously, you could just, the, because of those two O's with the rope, boom, there's their merchandise, which is always nice. Yep. We never really talk about like the merchandise logo. Mm. Like having a part a part of your logo that's more merchandisable than the full logo together helps you make more more merchandise oh for sure and i think that's a very clever and very smart marketing thing Mm -hmm. to make people that have like the stamps kind of logo where it's like this is our stamp or our seal and then you take parts of that seal to make merchandise yeah or so like part of our letters or something fancy and then you can take the letters and make something new uh, as opposed to the full logo where you can also make stuff yeah so like just to to speak to that locally two roads has the two and that like the pulley Mm -hmm. um thimble island has the the rope thimble island has their own rope tribus has the t is that what it is yeah. It's a T? It's a T. Oh my God. I thought it was just a symbol that they made up. Okay. Okay. It's, it's so you didn't you didn't see it before? No, but now I'm never not gonna see it. <laughs> okay, because it took me literally like two years for me to see it. Okay, and I good. thought I, I thought I was dumb. And then I finally saw it and I was like, oh. I thought just, I should have noticed this before. I'm not I'm just not gonna say anything. <laughs> I thought they just created a cool symbol. No, it's and a like, T. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but still that's the thing it's like that's a letter that they can then use and like we said with two rows they got the two ton hook they've got the two they've mm-hmm. got the hands that cross yep all of that parts in their symbol loophole's got this uh like as long as you could take or dockside like dockside brewery which we're drinking out of their glass right now has the um the, the sailor. sailor which is in the middle of their seal which they use on different things mm-hmm. uh but that that all works and in terms of loophole having the two O's, and then they can make two O things and all that. Yep. Stony Creek's got obviously a mascot. So mascots obviously also work. But mm-hmm. it's a big thing is, is, and I still want to do an episode on it, is like beer marketing and how you get your beer across yeah. um, is very interesting. Uh, but those two O's within loophole, I'm sure they do a lot. And I really like the font. Like ancient Greek kind of like very fancy, nice font. Or the H, the the line that connects the H is very low to the ground. Yeah, it's a different kind of like serif. Yeah, I dig it. I like it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, on the back, they got a little write up, which I've been told I am approved to read. Uh, <laughs> meet our first large scale production beer. Interesting that this is their first one, huh? Mm-hmm. Originally conceptualized in 2019 for Western New England University Centennial Celebration, Loophole Brewing was commissioned to create a commemorative beer in honor of the university's 100th anniversary. It was first served immediately following the homecoming football game, and the feedback was so positive we knew we had to go beyond a limited edition batch and launch our first encounter. The golden combination of Citrus, Simcoe, and of course, Centennial hops uh, mm-hmm. makes this beer supremely quaffable, starting with a burst of juicy flavor and ending with a perfect balancing bitterness. Enjoy. 
It won't be your last. Brewed by Loophole Brewing, Norwood, Massachusetts, 7.2 APV. They're true. It won't be my last because I'm going to have this again because it's growing on me, even though I was meh on it before. And again, temperature means something. It really does. It's crazy. But I want to learn more. Sweetness means something too. It is just a little too sweet. So, I got to do something real quick. Okay. Because uh, for my own, and I'm assuming everyone's edification, Mm -hmm. uh, the definition of quaffable of a beverage, easy and enjoyable to drink, suitable for being quaffed. Used especially of wine that is simple and pleasant to drink. This light, simple wine offers berry and herbal flavors and tart acidity. It's quaffable, but lacks intensity and depth. So it's a fancy (laughs) fucker's version of the word crushable. (laughs) Oh, okay. I had heard quaff before and and something. Yeah, I've heard quaffable. Quaff something. I've see I've never heard the word quaffable, but I've heard to quaff and quaffing and stuff like that. Oh, see, I've never heard it used in that way. I've, so I've only never heard, heard quaffable. The quaffable version. Uh, so I needed to to make sure I knew what they were saying. I, and I, I figured I knew what they were saying, but I used my context clues there. So, but I think this beer is very quaffable. Yeah. It is a see, maybe quaffable is better because it's not crushable. Cause like I think crushable like a little heaven or a ghost island. Little or heaven is the definition tug. of qua- of crushable. These sessions, incredible sessions that we've we've done on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've done Little Heaven. We have not. But we should. Um these beers that are so crushable that you can just go through them, blow through them. Yeah, it's like soda. And quaffable <laughs> maybe should be a different version where it's very drinkable. I This is an empty mug club beer. Yep. But I'm not going to open another one within the same drinking session. Yeah. So like I might have one tomorrow or the next day. I'll probably actually save mine for the, the deck. I was thinking because the same thing. It's deck season, like kind of nowish. Yeah. The next couple of weeks, it's, we're going like, to be reopening. There. Tomorrow might be coming up at 80 degrees. I just saw I it. saw that, but rainstorms all day. Oh, okay. But yeah, but like we're, we're, we're at deck season. So like, I kind of want to save this for the summer or the, not the summer, the, the sunlight mm-hmm. having this outside on a nice sunny day. But I, other than that, like if I couldn't, I'd still open it tomorrow. I just couldn't open it today. Yeah. And I think that's the, the, the difference, mm-hmm. but it is just a little too sweet for my normal tastes. So like, like I said, when I'm looking at a selection of beers, I still might go with something else, but when I have this beer, I'd be happy to have it. Yeah. But I think that speaks to a lot of New England IPAs when you're at home as opposed to at a brewery. Yes. Oh, for sure. Cause at the brewery, I have beers that I normally would never have here. I love Everything but the kitchen sink that Two Rows does. Mm-hmm. And it is an insanely heavy, crazy beer with uh, every every hop every, under the sun. Literally. It's everything rid- under the kitchen sink. Ridiculous. But uh, it's not something that we're going to buy to have at home on the, in the fridge. Exactly. Like every time I see the can out and about, I'm like, ah, do I want it? It's like, I don't know if I'd ever want it at home. But when I'm at the brewery but and I see the, it on the, on the ex- list of the menu, I'm yeah, like, yeah. It's a totally different yeah, vibe. I like that. 
Like, give me that. It's a different vibe. And I think this is a different vibe. Like if I went to their brewery, I'd be like, yo, I, lo- I know I like first encounter. Pour that. Yeah. But at home, I'm going to be like, eh, mm, I'm not going to drink what it else until do I, I have? know it's been there for a while. <laughs> or I make, uh, at least just pour me a random beer when I go. Yep. I want you to pour me Surprise me. <laughs> Surprise me. Whatever we got. I don't want to know. It's a lot of pressure and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not going to like what comes after this recording then. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, that's what I got. And that's what I got. Well, then this is the end of the episode. Okay. Well, then thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackamanopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at open, or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. You. Also, Empty Mug Club. Yep. Well, we already said that, but yeah. Well, now you said that it was only officially Empty Mug Club if we both did it, and now you just finished. Oh, I knew I would do it. I just was talking too much. So, okay. yeah. I was saving my sip. <laughs> but yes. So, what else you got? Uh, I've got my audio books. If you could buy them on audible.com, that would be great. I need to leave my job uh, sooner rather than later. And I probably just will anyway now. So if you could buy some books that would help me support my family. It's true. Uh, I don't make money unless you buy my books. They're available on Audible. Michael J. Or no, I should have used my middle name, but I didn't. Just called him the Michael Butler. Uh, I messed up there. I should have used my middle name. There'd be less competition. Uh, Switch, Art, Fraud, and Gangsters, Coffee at Midnight, The Final Girl, Progressive Entrapment, The Murder of Kelly Christopher, Vacation Planet, uh, buy these books and more, and I will make money. And when I make money, the world is happier. I don't need a ton. I just need enough to get by. So yeah, buy those books on Audible. I get a percentage of those royalties. Uh, I've also got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast to do with my buddy Mike Field about forgotten films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie. Maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever podcasts are available, as well as ForgottenEntertainment.com because we are all part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Check out all the other great podcasts and videos and all that kind of stuff that are there when you're there. There. and uh yeah drop us a line let mm-hmm. us know how we're doing give us some more beer ideas always open to suggestions yeah if you want us to cover a certain beer that you love that you think is available in our area get at or us one that we you will can send to us or that we think we can get from the brewer we'll absolutely do it and we'll give you a it. shout out oh yeah we'll shout out by shout out i will shout it out Shout this it. beer is from this person. I will shout it. I will make it loud. I will make it obnoxious. <gasps> I will do that for you. For you, the listener. <laughs> That's what we're here for. I want you to be driving your car and then I have me shout so loud that you veer off the highway. Yeah, you it. should see the spikes in the... the uh... I just looked at it. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> All right. Well, a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time.
<gasps> Cheers. Cheers. Hey, we finally clinked. Yay. 